I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Call it out. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boss says he can eat 50 eggs, he can eat 50 eggs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! You're certifiable, Quint, you know that? You're certifiable! Hello, Dimitri. Listen, I, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, that's much better. Hello, and welcome to the latest Spool podcast with me, Nigel Wheatley, and him, Pork McGill. Hello. Excellent. So a bit of context. We've kind of been off for about five weeks, and we've caught up on most stuff we kind of want to, and yet we're sort of like thinking it's not a great yeah, summer. in a review, we're kind of looking back at yeah. the last month, and I was like, eh, lots of one, three yeah. stars, you know. And a poor, poor summer. Anyway, in this latest podcast, we're going to wrap up the summer. We'll talk about the new Seth Rogen starring animation Sausage Party, which is out today, the day that we're actually recording this. Um, a horror movie about getting trapped in a blind man's house, which is called Don't Breathe, out next week. Um, Irish films then, we're going to got A Date for Mad Mary, Strange Occurrences in a Small Irish Village, and Viva. Um, we'll have the Pedro Almodovar uh, movie, Julieta, and David Brent. Is that it? Yeah. We kick off with the Sausage Fest. Yeah. Because we are in, as part of a Sausage Fest. Yeah. We're two men in a tiny bedroom recording a podcast here, Sausage Party. Lots of beards, lots of hair. Yeah. What you're saying is, is true. I, I, I got to tell everyone. Very noble little sausage, but also very pointless. No one will believe you. I have to try. Everyone will die otherwise. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Fuck me, right? Wait, do you guys have any proof of this? Go to the dark aisle, beyond the ice. Why? What's in that aisle? Oh, you'll see. But I warn you, once you see that shit, it'll fuck you up for life. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> there we go. Hilarious. We saw this. Uh, it was one of the funniest kind of uh, screenings I've been at. They, they gave us hot dogs, burgers, and beers. And as we <laughs> always say... The volume of free stuff they give you before these things is usually a marker. Correlates to how bad the film is going to be. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty much stood the test of time. Um, I doubt they gave out much free stuff for Schindler's List. No, probably not. <laughs> anyway, so... But they had a gas all time at the screening all the same. Yeah, like everybody was loving it, but then, you know... No, I just did gas all time at oh, Schindler's List. Oh, Schindler's List, brilliant. <laughs> probably best that that didn't get picked up. Oh, dear. Yeah. Maybe my dad at that. Okay. Anyway, so the interesting thing I was looking up about Sausage Party when I went to review it um, was that it's animated by Greg Tiernan and Conrad Verno. And Greg Tiernan was born in Ireland in 1965. He's done lots of work on Thomas the Tank Engine. And if you can remember the face of Thomas the Tank Engine, when you look at the faces and this, you're kind of like, ah, he did the old eyes and nose and mouth, did he? And then Conrad Vernon is Shrek 2, Monsters vs. Alien. That's his kind of stock. But really, it's about Seth Rogen. That's a great bit of trivia. Yeah. I'm thinking about Thomas the Tank Engine now, yeah. 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 So it's kind of Seth Rogen et al. You know, his posse from Superbad, Pineapple Express, and... The well, end of the world. This is the end. This is the end, as yeah. As we know it. Terribly. And it is the same kind of writing team as uh, the Christmas film we went to see last year. Yeah. Uh, whatever that was called. So it's really, as I was saying in my review, that it's Seth Rogen plays Frank, a hot dog, not a sausage. And Kristen Wiig, who plays Brenda, a hot dog bun. And it's kind of a love story between them. And all the food wants to get picked by a human because they think it's going to the gods and... It's salvation and heaven and all this. And then they finally realize that humans are eating them. And 
Brenda and Frank get separated from their packages and don't get picked by humans. So then they're separated, they're out. They're going to go stale. They have to get back to the shelf. And then this involves them going around the supermarket, meeting all these crazy racist characters, in my opinion, and uh, stereotypical and kind of racist, which is the danger when you have a bunch of white guys writing a film. You know, like it's okay for... um, He's in the American office and he's in Pineapple Express. He's a black man who plays a black character in Sausage Party. But like all the other people, like Max, Bill Hader is doing the voice of a Native American. Which sounds like Johnny Depp. It does. I thought he was Johnny and Depp. And yeah. a really kind of cringy Mexican who's a bottle of tequila, of course. You know, and the Irish thing, you kind of don't care, but whatever. Like, But the, the potatoes are all Irish. And you're a bit like, uh, you know, but you get out, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. But for other kind of minorities, you're a bit like, this isn't cool. And I doubt there's many Native American writers and the staff so they're probably just like well this is funny isn't it you know um, it's a funny like when I saw the trailer for this it's very clever because it feels like a kids movie it's animated in that style with the music and everything the way it was constructed you're like oh this is I don't know anything about it what's this a supermarket thing that's kind of fun and then all of a sudden they just like start oh, cursing and it's fuck yeah. this and fuck this and can't and you're just like oh I see now that's sort of funny and then you sort of oh wait what they 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 got money to make a full feature with this like very very small joke and now you're going to run the whole way to the cinema yeah and there's obviously the constant thing about food jokes and then it goes to parts of the food and you're like yeah you did it once and it was funny the first time don't do it 15 times and it is just absolute stoner comedy like well, it, there's it, a lot it, of jokes about buns look at those buns and yeah. stuff like that I, I was trying to find, remember some of my quotes because I did laugh there's a lot of clever little one liner puns but they they'd be as funny in like an Instagram illustration they don't need to be turned into mm. a feature and like won't ruin the end but the end is absolutely bonkers for about five minutes solid you're just like what takes a very weird turn and uh, Michael Sarah because yeah. there's a dimensional thing isn't there where the humans can't can't hear or see the food doing their thing which it takes them a while to kind mm. of explain that unless I suppose it's not really giving anything away but the, mm. if when the humans get stoned all of a sudden they take bath salts bath salts yeah then they're able to understand the food talking yeah so and then it takes a dark turn and Michael Sarah I think kind of comes into his own but like even as a you know, deformed hot dog Michael Sir is still playing the same character he always plays. Mm. You know, um, so yeah, I kind of. I have a, a good one liner here that I, I just found. So it's like, look, this is about a burger in one sentence. Look, sausage, I relish the fact that you mustered the strength to catch up to me. That's funny. Yeah, you know? know, kind of annoyed me because it's like, I, I think it thinks animation is easy. And, you know, it's just like, ah, it's not that hard. And like, no, just like doing anything well, doing good animation is very hard. And there's like a golden age of it on the TV at the moment. Um, But yeah, yeah, you sort of flagged that in your, you wrote a review uh, published a couple of days ago and you're talking about the streaming ones like Bojack Horseman, South Park. And uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, yeah. And there's just so many good things. And and they're clever. Yeah, Yeah. you know, they're very smart and it's not, to me, it's just like, uh, look, animation's moved on from this, you know. But it is, I suppose, filling the gap of like stoner comedy. Like there was those films in the 70s like Cheech and Chong or you know, next Friday and stuff like that, which just wasters and kind of, but it, it's not nearly as, I don't know, maybe it doesn't want to be intelligent or something, but you're kind of like, it's just not enjoyable, I thought. Yeah, it is more or less made back its money. It, uh, I think it's made about 100 million. So mm. that's before it's, it's only coming out now. So it'll, yeah. So there's going to be more sausage parties. Two. Um, 
but yeah it did it, it, it did remind me that I do love Seth Rogen in it but uh, anyway mm. <laughs> and I could listen to uh, most of the time but uh, anyway next up we have a movie that's out next week it's a horror film uh, Don't Breathe so uh, this we'll take a clip maybe from this uh, if we will oh, who's there Okay, man, just chill, all right? Look, um, I, I, w- I was wasted and, and I, I wandered in, so that, that was my bet, all right? So I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave, okay? Stay right there. Don't you move. Yeah, that's right. I know what's in there and I ain't leaving without it. You got me? No, you do as I say, all right? Well, do you hear me or what? I said stop. Right. Don't you move. What are you going to do now, huh? Huh? Stop. Yeah, so this is Don't Breathe. Uh, this is from director Fede Alvarez, who did the Evil Dead reboot from 2013. The premise is very simple in terms of um, setup. Uh, basically, you have three teenage, late teenage kids who have... One of them um, is the Ro- Rocky, Money and Alex are their names. So Rocky uh, is played by the same actor who played Jack Shepard's son in Lost. Uh, just so we know and you were saying you know him from Goosebumps and yep. he's been in stuff so anyway his father is a security manager and he handles home security so uh, Rocky is able to get access to house keys and alarm codes for things so they have this scam going where they they go and they do a break in and then and like legitimately it's not a break in because they're using keys and codes um, which implies that these ex- incredibly expensive houses don't have the simple thing of a security camera but anyway mm-hmm. um and this has been going well and then all of a sudden um, in this abandoned part of Detroit they find out about this ex-army vet who is sort of living in this really strange area and completely abandoned so it's the only house within miles and he apparently is really really wealthy because he got a big payout from something wasn't it? Because his daughter was oh yeah his daughter was killed basically and instead of the perpetrators going to court they were quite rich and just paid him off with a load of money so they were like he lives like a hermit so the money still must be in the house yeah and so they decide to hit the house and they're like the dude's blind fuck it this will be easy um, and they have this trick where they gas him in the house and anyway so easy easy peasy but obviously enough it goes wrong and he turns out to be a Superman style character so they get trapped in the house and it's basically Predator and Rambo rolled into one yeah so the guy you know what he's from did you recognise him from no some? so he's Stephen Lang and he's kind of a character actor who pretty much plays people in the army but you'll know him probably from Avatar as the main uh, general guy general guy uh, for wearing the you know that, body that suit thing mm. oh, I'm gonna get you Sam Worthington and so oh. on so he's it's a really one dimensional thing he doesn't talk for about an hour it, it's and in, in this and then 
I think he speaks mm. midway through. Or does he actually talk early on? I felt it took ages for him to speak a line and it was very mysterious. Probably um, a third anyway through, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly creepy, I thought. Like, it's done the tension and it's done fantastically. Yeah. So, exactly. It's back to basic sense of he's blind. And so you have that thing. And this is, a, I don't know how to quite describe this, but there's an otherworldliness, I think, to a sight, a person, a sighted person when they're with someone with visual impairment. Impairment because you're like they can't see me and you have this you know and it's been done in in cinema because you know someone's hiding in the corner and he's about to walk over there so there's this like even without music without anything there's this automatic tension there straight away so you're just like oh shit no don't and I was trying to think back on on this it's probably in an article in Sight and Sound magazine something about blind people on screen and I've never seen it done like this where they are the the perpetrator other than you know they do, mm. yeah in Game of Thrones this year Arya lost her sight for a while so had to become like a, a blind ninja and then her eyes came back but anyway. um, so it's just there's something very very cool about it so um, and it keeps it doesn't start it's welcome I think it's only an hour and a half felt, yeah there's enough kind of twists in there yeah. um, there's a dip into the sort of torture porn stuff which it didn't really need because it was clever enough and they do a bit where like Stuff sort of takes a bit of a turn and you threatens rape and all this and you're like, no, we don't really don't really need that. No, yeah. Um but it's it's only a fleeting thing and it wraps itself up really, really nicely then by the end and you're torn as well because these kids are like sort of teenagers who've just been taking advantage of people. No one in Detroit has really any money or privilege no. and yet they're picking on this guy and then as the film goes he get pulled and Yeah, he might not be as innocent as where your sympathies are. Like. So yeah. So um I really liked it. I'm up in the kind of three and a half before mm. mark. Yep. It's very good. So it's out September the ninth. Uh, it's called Don't Breathe. Uh, I guess next we very quickly I'll just talk about a film which uh, you haven't seen yet but uh, it's from one of my favourite directors a guy who I used to ramble on about in college a lot Pedro Almodovar you did one of your uh, one of my thesis uh, not my thesis sorry one of my uh, course uh, projects module things on, on him which was great uh, so Spanish director uh, known as one of the few kind of auteurs still in the game and he'd had a bit of a mixed run uh, over the last few years so he had uh, Broken Embraces in 2009 The Skin I Live In in 2011 which got nominated for an Oscar but I still wasn't mad about it I think you, I quite like that yeah, yeah um, Antonio Banderas it was a bit a little bit too wacky for me and then or not wacky to I guess the concept Bonkers, just yeah. a little bit too strange and high concept so and then the airplane film, which I've forgotten what it was called. Uh, I'm so excited. Did you see oh, that? that? looked like a gay kind of romp As thing. someone I was talking about it in work and he's like, oh, yeah, it's basically Little Britain. So do you remember Little Britain did the airline? Yeah. Uh, the guys from it did an airline. That's pretty much what it felt like. But anyway, this it was definitely Almodovar very much back on track. Um, the film is based on three short stories by Alice Munro, the Canadian short story writer. I obviously um, know her. Carol has read the short stories and hasn't seen the film and I've the other way around so I'm, I'm possibly going to go and see it again with her just to see how it wraps it up. So anyway, it was it's set in, in the book is set in Canada and Almodovar, Almodovar was going to have Meryl Streep playing uh, Julieta um, but it kind of fell apart and he ended up going back to Spain so it worked for that reason screw I don't you know. America I think it was one of those things though. you know the way certain um, European directors can buy into the way films are made in North America and working the English language but I think I was reading he's getting bad headaches he has pains he has like 
light sensitivity, so he's he wants to stay in his comfort zone when making films. Fair enough, yeah. Which is kind of cool. And you he's realize, kind of earned that right. Absolutely. And like, this is his first film in um, three years, I suppose. And it's sort of, I know we're, we're going way off track, but with Woody Allen's Cafe Society coming out uh, this week, the fact that he turns out a film every 12 months is actually incredibly impressive because he's about 20 years older than yeah. Pave the Raw. Anyway, the film tells the story of a woman who's been um, living a lie following um, an estrangement from her daughter, Antia. Um, so, uh, the, the Julietta, she's had to kind of live to learn, l- learn to live without Antia in her life. Um, but then a chance encounter with one of Antia's childhood friends on the streets of Madrid kind of brings back all these memories of her daughter who she'd been trying to just to forget. Um, so she ends up revisiting her early years through like a letter, letter writing and journal writing. And then we sort of go into this big, long flashback um, as she sort of reveals, goes back to how she met uh, Antia's father um, and he was a fisherman who then lost his life and we go back to this and it, it's, it has this wonderful tense um, someone Iglesias did the music I can't remember it's not Enrique Iglesias Aww. it could be a relation I don't think it is <laughs> um, but there's a wonderful mystery kind of thing like real kind of Hitchcock-y sort of music or even I was thinking a lot about the way Carol last year Nigel's favourite film the Todd Haynes film used those uh, themes of kind of middle-aged women and what drives them and all that so I, this is obviously my kind of film so yeah. um it's really good it's is it's, it's your first five of the year it's it's at the four and a half oh right yeah so i'm i'm gonna go and see it again though and i'm gonna see what i think and i don't want to dip in too much and i know you haven't seen that i've been yeah. talking one way about it mm. but uh no i'll definitely yeah. say yeah mm. so definitely that came out last friday i think yeah it's been out now for a couple of days and yeah i think it's going to be in the mix uh the oscar kind of contender mix I'd say hopefully for Spain and it's just good to see him back in his comfort zone and not trying to do stuff so we might talk about it again uh, brilliant uh, so the Irish section now on to Irish we might get this the, foreign the stuff. bit of the potato from Sausage Party to talk uh, yeah, yeah, yeah oh Danny boy yeah uh, okay so we'll kick off with uh, Strange Occurrences in a Small Irish Town um, long title but actually makes sense in regard to the film so it's, what? E- it's, a, it's a headline from years and years ago or something yeah so the parish priest Father Gibbons uh, is doing like a piece of camera he's reading some stuff and it's just like oh the the apparition of the Virgin Mary Joseph and there's the third one who appear to the 15 people in Knock which is a village in County Mayo and um it was reported all around the country and it was also reported in England where it's, and that was the thing. It was just like, strange occurrences in a small Irish village. That was the, the title of the piece. Um, we have a small clip from it here. I'll kind of, we'll just play that. It's quite short and it kind of gives you a feel for the documentary. We're working almost for Mary. So we feel we have a special place in her heart. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true because we're all special. Everybody's the same. But, you know, human nature is what it is. And we feel we're on the inside circle. Should we all love Mary? Well, Protestants don't like Mary as much, but they do really like her and think she's deadly. But yeah, you wouldn't be having statues of her in the church. No. Yeah. No. So anyway, uh, it's the latest documentary from Eva Keller, who did One Million Dubliners last year, and Rachel Lysett is on as the writer. And um, I think the, the, the same team, like I think as yeah, yeah, yeah. who did it from One mm-hmm. Million Dubliners. Yeah. So kind of, if you've seen One Million Dubliners, you kind of know what to expect with this. I just love it, like in the way that she doesn't get. I hate documentarians who are too involved in the film. Like I really don't like Louis Theroux and stuff like that. I'm just like piss off. The film is not about you; it's about the people you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Did you see Tickled? 
No. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. yeah. That's a Louis Theroux extreme version where it's like, I'm going to make it all about me. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. So uh, she just interviews the people. So it's about Knock in its current form and goes back a wee bit. And, you know, you can kind of uh, get caught up in this Dublin bubble of Stony Batter and Thomas Street and Dublin 8 or whatever and going to the same stuff and reading the same stuff. And you forget that there is this whole wee other, not Absolutely. weird wee world out there. In You're talking about liberal like ideology. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Now, not that these people are bad or anything, but they would have kind of what would be seen as like old fashioned or traditional views, some of them. Yeah, well, I mean, that which was is fair enough. And when we had our marriage equality referendum, which most people were behind, like that was only a two to one there's still 30 you know a third of the people in Ireland mm. voted no yeah yeah uh, in that and that's why with a lot of the, our eighth amendment kind of you brought this yeah, up before uh-huh. that if that round tomorrow you suspect there's a lot of work to be done if we do have to have a referendum yeah there's huge kind of work there because yeah Ireland is a very conservative country once you get out of our little bubble so this all comes to light in this documentary I think and uh, but it's just brilliant you see like handmaidens who I was just like when they came on screen I was like oh there's a bunch of nuns but they're not they're handmaidens they like volunteer to help people run knock and then if there's like people with disabilities or stuff that might help them get around knock it's just kind of a volunteer thing that came from Lourdes and Father Gibbons is the parish priest and he's a real kind of charismatic figure and you're kind of like oh yeah he seems pretty sad and his thing now is to try and get pilgrims from America at different parts like New York and Boston and uh, Endicani makes an appearance in it and everything and it's just like it's so Irish and has so many like lovely parts to it and then there's parts where that will your f- draw will absolutely hit the floor like there's a shop in Knock that's called I think it's called the Love Shop but it's all this religious rosaries and paraphernalia and there's a person who owns the shop and he I won't say what it is but he has a certain type of rosary and you're like oh my god um, but yeah I, I loved it it's really good I saw, I saw the Cardinal of New York in there yeah he's Timothy in Timothy Dolan yeah, yeah. Um, superstar and like there are nods like people I think would give out about it or I've seen slightly negative things saying well like it's very one-sided and it doesn't doesn't give you know a negative thing but like that's not the point of it it's just like here's the thing on knock it's a portrait of knock yeah yeah like you're not yeah. and there's a small element of it where there's because there's a woman who claimed claimed she was cured of i think it was multiple sclerosis at it and uh, there's a doctor there who's kind of like well we're looking into it and certain things you know if people want to believe that it's fine and she talks to someone who has an illness she's got early onset motor neuron and she even admitted that, you know, she left the church with the scandals and the priests and stuff. And now she's back and she realizes it's a bit hypocritical. So, like, it does have lots of different kind of strands yeah. of Irish life and stuff. And you're like, it was, it's just it's done really well. It doesn't nice time as well, but 90 minutes and stuff. And I think Older Than Ireland was on TV last, last night. night. Yeah. So in about a year's time knock or maybe sooner will be on RTE TV yeah I think yeah I think in a couple of months it's meant to be on so um, yeah I can't wait to see it. I'll see it in the cinema hopefully before that um, uh-huh. time has been kind of tough but yeah it's sort of interesting that anyone like why can't portraits of places just be put out there like why do people have to kind of yeah. critique them Anyway, um, the the Irish film that I'm bringing to the table, talked about it a bit before, uh, it's called A Date for Mad Mary, directed by Colin Thornton. So this is uh, based off a play, uh, and it played at Galway before. So I wrote my review about two months ago, but it's fine. It's now actually in the cinema, um, and it's been getting lots of... It's funny when like smaller Irish films get like the full treatment, so you see them being like reviewed... 
uh, like the video, the Shauna Kerslake, I think is, the name, is doing uh, like interviews on the RT website. Donald Trump, doing like, everything. They're doing everything. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the full uh. whack kind of thing. So, and that's kind of nice to see. And I spoke about this before, how weird it is seeing my hometown on the cinema screen. Um, but it's well worth seeing. You, again, haven't seen too much, but it takes... Hope to see it this weekend, yeah. I think I'm going to love it. Yeah. I think you will love it. Yeah, a lot of our friends have really loved it. I haven't read anything negative about it. It's been, but no one then has said it's perfect either other than one of our friends, yeah. I think, loved it. But then it's been getting a lot of fours, the whole thing. And Spool gets its, its star rating in the trailer um, as a result of our review from the... First time ever on a trailer. Yeah, we're getting a trailer. trailer yeah. So that's kind of nice. Um, but anyway, I won't talk Another about it Another smash hit for Element, it would seem as well, behind, you know... Yeah, London and it's been picked up, I saw today, it's playing, I think, in the London... Brilliant. Festival, is right? So it's, it's travelling as well with it, so that's really good to see. So, again, Irish film um, is booming, there's like five or six Irish films playing in Toronto as well, and we'll probably, like, we, we've got a good couple of months uh, of really, really good stuff, hopefully... Uh, to come but you've got one um, again that I haven't seen it's kind of yeah, like we're yeah. not both see Irish films yeah, really yeah. both see one so uh, Viva came out a couple of weeks ago and um, I think it played maybe at festivals it kind of almost feel like it came out last year because it was shortlisted for it was long yeah, listed it was long listed for, for the foreign the language film, film. Yeah. Um, in the Oscars in the Oscars so but we're only kind of getting to see it now uh, it's directed by Paddy Brethnock who directed Shrooms did you see that? yeah which I quite liked it kind of disappeared and I went down which a lot of people see as their favourite Irish film remind me about I, I went down it's like a gangster film with Brendan Gleeson and another guy whose name you know his face but I can't remember his name okay. apologies if he's listening uh, tweet us in and it's written by Marco Halloran uh, writer of Adam and Paul and various films um, so basically concerns uh, Jesus or Jesus uh, who's played by Hector Medina and he kind of cleans up at a drag show uh, he does all the wigs for them he's a hairdresser so he does mm. the wigs for the Except drag where? Uh, Cuba Okay. yeah for the drag artists and he's like I want to perform because it cuts back to him in his house and he's listening to these old kind of I, what I imagine I'll show my ignorance here but like a, a Cuban version of like an Ella Fitzgerald or something famous singer and he's kind of dancing around and this is what his act is he goes on and they all mime to the songs uh, dressed in drag and he starts and he's kind of crap he's just like because mm. his mentor is like you're not feeling these songs you know and there's very like the film is obviously subtitled but whenever the people sing there's no subtitles and if I had been at the Q&A I would have said that's obviously a conscious decision because you want the actor you want to get the emotion from the actor and you don't really care what the words say um, and then what happens is when Hector is perform- or when Jesus is performing one of the nights he's trying to get sexy and he goes out into the audience and comes on to one of the men who are there the man punches him in the face because it's his father who's been estranged for a couple of years because oh it's his father does he know that no not at the time so he's like (laughs) hi I'm your dad and I'm back he was in prison he's just got out of prison he's played by Jorge Porgoria Perugoria apologies again and but then so it's really the he's not cool with the whole drag thing it's just like you're not going to do that again now that I'm home and it's just kind of you you can't really say coming of age because Jesus is I'd say in his mid-twenties but it's this kind of like confidence coming out of yourself. a yeah, yeah, yeah you know and I'd be curious to see if you didn't know that Marco Holland directed it or it was an Irish director there's a real Irish feel Paddy Brackna- he, yeah Marco Holland he, yeah, it, yeah even if it's in set in Cuba because it's like father-son tensions the father's an alcoholic mm. and 
it was kind of weird like you're watching it and so much of it you were like would he just tell his father to fuck off like seriously and the whole mm. thing would be sorted and the end I'm not going to give away the end the end for me I really like the film it's really slow burner but really lovely the way it all comes together in the performances and you see Jesus grow um, the writing's fantastic but the end I'm just like I'm not really buying it it's a bit too all wrapped up and you know everything but uh, very good film um, yeah very enjoyable I don't know I imagine it'll be on Volta in a in a while, yeah, so. it's still yeah. it's still playing though. I'd say mm. it'll be in the lighthouse forever. Yeah, <laughs> some of those things will hold on for ages. So yeah, can't wait again to see it. Mm. It hasn't. There's a great character in it. He's only in it for a couple of scenes. Um, who like goes cruising to pick up uh, tourists, and he he's hilarious in it. So yeah. Okay, I look forward to it. That's all of our uh, Irish scene. Well, do we have any more? Uh, Young Offenders is out in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh yes, that yeah. played at God as well. Again, another Irish one that's getting good buzz. Yeah, but not for me. No, but equally, I was kind of like eh, wrong mood for it. But anyway, yeah, in a couple of weeks, um, you wanted to talk about David Brent, or I guess I'm talking about David Brent, am I? We both um, saw it. We both, finally, both saw it. Not him. together though. No, no, heaven forbid. God no. Um, so this came out about two weeks ago. It's a continuation, obviously, of the Office uh, series. Ricky Gervais has brought it back. Stephen Merchant isn't on board this time. Not really sure. Apparently, Stephen Merchant didn't know Ricky Gervais was making it, mm. which is. What has happened there? Yeah, I don't... I'm sure there's a sensationalist kind of thing, but... Uh, we won't tell, go, we're not yeah. the Daily Mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do Website. we know? Do you know what happened? Do we no, know? I don't What's know. the story? What's the story? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's... It, it does lack a little bit of that overall thing, but uh, of... I don't know, that sort of humanity that the, the, when the pair then work together, it brings, so... But especially um, if one of the writers is the main character, you probably need your person to and wind did, you in a bit. And he direct it? Yeah. Ricky Gervais directed as well, so he's all over the shop. I actually like Ricky Gervais. I I quite enjoyed this but I did have moments where I sort of wanted him to end his own life or to do a massacre or something because it's very like sort of cringeworthy toe curly and you're like oh you're so hateable mm. and you're so annoying and Friend I think the, the story just for anyone who doesn't know mm. he's gone he's wrapping up life he works as a rep I love that he's a, I'm a rep um, and he is going out on the road to he's taking a month off work spending all his money to be a rock star and taking out another pension and um, as the line in the uh, movie goes uh, all of his pensions are nearly worth as much as he's put back in or something so. it's like if everybody turned up to the gigs I'd only be a grand in debt so. <laughs> so it is funny There's like it's very, it has very very funny yeah, lines yeah. and he also has that thing what he does brilliantly whereas he'll just he'll absolutely punch in the stomach with you like oh Jesus that's actually soul destroyingly sad yeah. and you feel so sorry for him like it's very rare it's, people the, can get you to do that yeah. for him like. and the TV show didn't really do that didn't really elicit much like oh I just kind of want to be his friend like it's it's spoken about all he actually wants is his mates Couple people mates, go for yeah. pints uh-huh. um so, you know, it has a nice sort of cosy ending, sort of. He does a weird thing where I wasn't sure, because I'm not that up on The Office. Um, he's developed a weird laugh, which is incredibly annoying. Do it. I can't even. Uh-huh. Someone at work was talking about it at work, and I was like, yeah, I didn't realise if that was a thing I'd missed from The Office, and you notice it now because it's just him, but I was like, it's so annoying. Okay. Well, that's end. probably part of his character then as well, because he's meant to be super annoying. Anyway, yeah. um, it's good. It's one of those... Uh, it, it's an, I preferred the Alpha Papa Alan Partridge film and I haven't seen the absolutely fabulous film in terms of the bringing back the sitcoms 
Um, some they've... very funny songs in the David Brent. I love the bit where yeah. he's, his Native American song is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, because he has a rapper who's kind of taken under his skin or under his wing. Yeah, not yeah. under his skin. But then it gets under his skin how the rapper is actually more talented than him. And he, yeah, so yeah. he's a bit of a jerk. Anyway, um, that's still out. It's in the kind of, I think I gave it three because I was like, I don't really care. You probably went a bit higher. Two. No, I think I gave it like two. All right. Like but thinking what? back at it, there's a lot in it, but overall it's just like, it's too long because like you're used to a half hour nugget of The Office and this is an hour yeah. and a half of just him. So yeah. you're like, mm. Well, it was good to spend time with uh, with Dave, you know, yeah. whatever good time. Um, and then we kind of wanted to talk for a minute about Suicide Squad, which has been out for a month. We don't need to summarize the plot or the story. No. It's been a flop. Um, well, it hasn't actually been a flop. It's made money, but everyone hates it. But we actually both thought it was grand. I thought it was quite good. I suppose your expectations are on the floor. Yeah. It helps. I went to see it in IMAX 3D and sat in the back row. So, like, you can't get a bigger mm. in the country to be like, yeah, let's go watch this, you know. Uh, we've small they, and they've changed the seats if we talk about yeah, which I didn't realize. as our Dublin centric uh, liberal yeah, yeah, agenda yeah. let's talk about seats yeah we go to Cineworld we don't just go to the IFI and Lighthouse yeah and what um, it's so still... the carpets all got done up and the seats are all they're really comfy but they're all leather but there's no mm. giving them okay like I was slouching a bit but like a bit firm there my bum was slouching but my jeans were still in the same place it the kind of it doesn't go with you oh yeah okay mm. so slippier leather you want in there yeah 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 alright so anywhere else you guys listening yeah good stuff um, yeah so we have a wee clip here because I want to make a point after the clip I can't wait to show you my toys music is psychotic and I social freak what careful that's about as much as Jared Leto was in the film mm. which he's, is weird and people have kind of complained I loved him as the Joker I thought he was brilliant I was like I want you with your own film and yep. uh, chin face uh, Ben Affleck as Batman that could be fun yeah I I didn't like him in it but I think it's because I wasn't given enough of him to get used to him like they, but he kind of even in the short time he had he made it his own like because you have two massive you know um uh, Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger, R.I.P., who kind of done their own thing with the Joker. And you're like, Jesus, this is a bit like, what are you going to do? And I thought he was great. And he was kind of bitching after it because he said, I shot a full film's worth of stuff and it's been edited down. Mm. But I was talking to my go-to comic book guy, Ed, and he was saying that the Joker isn't in the Suicide Squad. It's more so... Yeah, Margot Robbie who you know Harley, yes Harley Quinn so that's why he shouldn't really be in it that much you know so um, mm, but they needed him for the story he was sort of mm. essential um, kind of liked how the Australian guy was just a total bogan who drank cans the whole time yeah it was a bit rough he looked like he should have been in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as <laughs> a bad guy or something yeah um yeah, I guess simply, and I thought Will Smith was pretty. He's brilliant in it, yeah. And yeah. Viola Davis, because she does a pretty kick-ass thing at some point. We're like, Jesus. Yeah. Apparently, they wanted Oprah Winfrey to play her. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, but it got a bad rap. But it's still, 
You can see, I can <laughs> see why. <laughs> Very poor. And felt quite long. Like the end of it, it felt, there's like two bad guys at the end, like a brother-sister thing. The brother is totally not necessary. Mm. You could have just had the sister and she's got this whole um, Sigourney Weavy Ghostbusters possessed vibe going on. She's like, yep, cool, fine, just stay with that. But they had to have the brother weirdness. Cara Delevingne. Yeah, and the first hour of the film is like a music video. It's just loads of like, <laughs> here's setups with yeah. cool music. But all the tunes are brilliant. So you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of enjoying That's this. That's the Zack Snyder. There was like a, f- I'd say a 14 or 15 year old boy sitting like in the row in front of me and there was about six other people in the cinema. But we were all just like, meh, yeah. Liking it. So, um, yeah, so it kind of worked getting an L- illegal download of but actually no like you kind of want to see no you want to see in the best it. kind of quality so break into the cinema is what we're saying yeah yeah don't be paying for that stuff but <laughs> sneak in yeah um, alright so we'll quickly chat about uh, well I guess my, my movie of the moment very, of the my movie moment of the month very very quickly was Ethan Hawke in Born to be Blue Ethan oh, Hawke yeah. I've now realised is my favourite actor He's my new... No, he's not. My new revelation. No, at the moment, I've just decided while I was watching it, I was like, I actually love everything. I, I would now go and see a film just because he's in it, because I'm interested. He was in that piece of shit that was the surprise film at... Yeah, he played a drone uh, pilot thing. Yeah, it was great. It was very interesting. He gives a lot of depth. I just kind of like him, man, because he reminds me of uh, our friend Barry Bracken, and he just kind of... I don't know, he kind of... I just sort of dig him. Anyway, he plays Chet Baker, the... Um, trumpet player and there's a scene in it where Chet's been on heroin and then he stops being um, on heroin for a while and goes gets clean but then he has his big comeback show and Miles Davis is in the audience not played by Don Cheadle unfortunately but I was like I just love films about musicians from the 50s who are on drugs and uh, it's really good anyway and you're kind of there it's like will he go back on the heroin will he not will he he does so he then screws his whole relationship goes on heroin and lives for another 20 years as a junkie and a successful yeah yeah. yeah, but it's good and it's um, a really, really great performance. So it's that, um, that bit when he makes that decision is my pick. In the drive over here, they were playing uh, "Be My Hero" from Boyhood. The, what the theme song? Yeah, oh, very nice. Anyway, and what station? Uh, John Credence. Ah, Radio One. Can't yeah. beat him. TXFM is now fully Playlist. run by a machine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a robot. And when will that end? September, isn't it, or October? Okay. Okay. Sad. My movie of the moment of the month allows me to talk about another film quite quickly. Lights out. Um, from people behind horror films and uh, people behind some horror films. Yeah. Great. I can't remember which one. The one where it's a creepy. Uh, That's okay. Insidious, maybe you know. Um. Probably not insidious. Carry on. Okay. I'll find look out. it up there while I talk. And so basically, the premise of the film is that we can only see the person or the the bad demon person can only attack you when it's dark so we're here in the lit studio now when the light would go off we'd see it there in the corner we'd turn the light back on it'd disappear we'd turn the light off again and it'd be at the monitor and then oh. we'd turn the light off again and we turned on and now you'd be dead oh man and um so why don't we just leave the lights on forever yeah but the electrician you know keeps going and dodgy plumbing it's it's oh. again it's quite tense and they do it well you know they know all the tricks to play up on and my favourite bit is because you kind of are you know not to go into a closet because like it's dark in the closet so the monster appears in the closet and they close it and go in but just as they're doing that the monster comes out from under the bed and grabs one of the kids legs because you're like oh yeah it's dark under the bed so there really is monsters under your bed oh, shit man probably as you're listening to this podcast in your bed <sighs> I didn't like the movie poster because it uses an American light switch and I thought they probably could have done with better marketing for the European market which would have a wider 
uh, switch. It's not the kind of style. It's going back to your Canada hardware store days. This is it, yeah. Duct tape is fine, but just work on that light switch, guys. Who but is I guess from people behind? Um, no, the guy did The Thing in 2011, the writer. The director hadn't really done much. So maybe the studio who had done other stuff. Oh, okay. So they just made... But they they, they made a good film. And mm. this between this and Don't Breathe, you're actually like, oh, pretty solid month for horror. Yeah. If you want. The summer of all things. In the lead up to mm. Halloween. Um, what are you looking forward to next month? Next month, so a movie that I think is going to be one of the best films of the year. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People it's out on September the 18th and this is Taika Waititi's follow up to where uh, what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows not where we go in the shadows um, I've been reading about this for months I think it played at uh, South by Southwest or something and it's just been getting rave reviews all along so I'd never heard about it and watched the trailer because I knew it was going to be your pick and I was like this yeah. looks brilliant yeah so um Basically, it tells about a young city kid named Ricky who gets sent to a farm to new foster parents. And when there, his foster mother dies. So he's alone with the foster father and they go into the into the woods sort of on a sort of on a normal enough trip, I think. And then it seems that you didn't uh, mention who the person is. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. And then all the uh I don't know the, the the police and the public kind of think oh there's been a crazy kidnapping this is terrible the dad the foster father has been riddled with grief and abducted this child and the dad is played by a big beardy Sam Neill back in the woods love Sam Neill so um, I think this is going to be fantastic uh, is that New Zealand me. New Zealand yes yeah. so September the 18th brilliant uh, my pick is there's lots of stuff coming out in September so I went for a weird one films are back good films are yeah, back yeah I don't think it's going to be good but I had uh, you down for the Magnificent Seven I don't know what this is going to be then yeah sure we can say that Blair Witch okay comes out 15th of September it's directed by Adam Wingard who directed You're Next and The Guest I actually thought the original people who did the Blair Witch project were behind it and were doing this thing but it's not so I was like oh it's crap it's a sequel where one of the brothers or sisters of one of the original three who disappeared go back in and uh, try and find them but it basically looks like a remake of the first one if you watch the trailer but anyway it's out 15th September what year did the Blair Witch come out? 1999 boom same year as uh, Pedro Almodovar is all about my mother oh. Fight Club yay The Matrix yes The Phantom Menace no Phantom Menace uh, 1999 is one of those years like yeah. Magnolia and Memento um, that's what we could just do word tennis with films from 1999 <laughs> yeah okay so that's for September uh, um, very quick shout for the IFI Documentary Festival. Um, we might actually take a bit of, of a clip from one of these. Here's Mattress Man. The best part of the day is between half seven and half ten in the morning. That's the best part of the day. Once you get through that part of the day, it's cold shit. It's flying. You're flying. That's what I say. That's what I believe, you know. I don't get up out of bed. I jump out of it. Can't wait to get out of the bed in the morning. Half five, half six, half seven, whatever time I do up. It's great. Ball of porridge. You hear you. Best of the whole lot. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. You know, so I'm rebuilding myself with a positive outlook on life, you know? That's what I do. That's what I do now. It's my belief now. It's just about rebuilding a character. Just building myself and just um, looking at the sunset now. It's beautiful. Looks class. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is a documentary from Col- Colm Quinn about... Uh, the mattress mick chain of stores in Ireland and I don't know anybody who's bought a mattress off mattress mick there's one in Drogheda now and my sister bought one brilliant so you okay shows me there you go which sister I can't tell you on camera oh, okay cool there's no cameras 
Grant, yeah. The and so when does the IFI Documentary Festival run? So that's Grant? playing on Thursday 22nd. I think that's the opening night film. Plays at 8pm. Uh, my pick is Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World, which is screening on the 23rd of September. At 845 And it's directed by Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, back doing documentaries. Yeah, and it's obviously getting released in October because on October the 13th in the IFI, uh, Werner Herzog is going to be not there. Oh, fucking satellite. The, the Q&A satellite. Skype. Yeah. Hello, Dublin. Actually, uh, there are talking to everyone. My biggest hate is this like general satellite Q and A where he's just talking to and all someone the in London is doing the questions. Yeah, everyone. Hate but them. anyway, the documentary looks brilliant. It's um, like the internet in general. Yeah, or something. Do you remember when Werner Herzog was in an episode of Community? Yeah, and he was in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, as well. He's yeah. wonderful. He's it's very weird. He's wonderful. Yeah, so there are the documentaries. Yeah, and the very last one uh, that I've picked out is Camera Person. So this played and won a, um, a prize at the Sheffield Film Festival, the Documentary Film Festival, and Hot Docs as well. So this is from Kirsten Johnson, and she made Citizen Four, which uh, I really liked the Edward Snowden film from a few years ago. So from what I can work out from looking at the trailer, she has just made one of these sort of dreamlike documentaries about what being a documentary maker and a videographer and a photographer nowadays is kind of like so you catch all these moments I read and she's an kind of made this big with her and I can't remember where but it sounds very good the film sounds amazing and almost like it falls into those uh, you know those art installation yeah I'm trying to think of that word that you like of the, the guy who makes made the big film uh, because of an S or a K. Oh, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Poyana Scatti and some of these things. Yeah, I yeah, actually uh-huh. was thinking about some of that, except shot Samsara. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Exactly. Shot on sort of dodgy kind of phone uh, quality stuff. But again, really high hopes for this. Uh, it's out the 23rd, and then I think has a general UK and Ireland release at the end of October. But I'm not sure about that. So that's called Camera Person. Mm-hmm. Also Mattress Man. And lo and behold, Reveries of the Connected World. So there's about a dozen films uh, that they have programmed in uh, for the for that week there. Um, it's well worth kind of checking out. Yeah. Some sad go. news during the week. Um, Gene Wilder passed away. He wasn't already dead, as a lot of people thought. Uh, yeah, so big fan, more so really for his comedy work with Mel Brooks for me. It was Blazing Saddles, uh, Young Frankenstein, and what was his other one? There were the two main comedies. Oh, The Producer. Sorry, that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hilarious films. Uh, also famous very much for Willy Wonka. And any other ones you want to throw in? Or I'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, I love the Willy Wonka. Like, that was a very special and weird performance. So. There's a film called Silver Streak, I think, which he starred in that I haven't seen. And then the five people in Ireland who have seen the Irish film he was in were talking about it, but I've yet to see it. Uh, Quaxer, somebody has a brother in the Bronx. It was oh. filmed in Ireland. Gene Wilder was in it. Um, yeah, so sad to see him go, but he was 83. He had a good run. and Yeah, passed away. I think he'd had Alzheimer's and had been. The Grim Reaper keeps on yeah. swinging his scythe. But remember, Kirk Douglas is still with us. Is he gonna? Is he over a hundred? He's now. Da, 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 da. Anyway, which clip have you picked out? As I... So we've. I sent. I didn't know what Nigel was gonna pick, but I've sent a wee montage because I couldn't pick. So we are gonna hear from the Waco kid from Blazing Saddles and the scene from Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, where he goes batshit crazy, which is what Gene Wilder is kind of known for, like being able to go absolutely manic. Mm. Yeah, or a lot of energy. Um, Kirk Douglas will be 100 on the same date as my sister will be 29. So that is this December is 9th. We bought a mattress now. So he was born December 9th, 1916, Kirk Douglas. 
1916. So there you go. Good year. Um, okay. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. Of See you next month. Audience. Bye. I don't know if you ever heard of me before, but I used to be called the Waco Kid. I was just walking down the street, and I heard a voice behind me say, Reach for it, mister. I spun around, and there I was, face to face, with a six-year-old kid. Well, I just threw my guns down and walked away. Little bastard shot me in the ass. So I limped to the nearest saloon, crawled inside a whiskey bottle, and I've been there ever since. Mr. Wonka? I am extraordinarily busy, sir. I just wanted to ask about the chocolate. The lifetime supply of chocolate for Charlie. When does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What rules? We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong. Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if, and you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc. Fax mentis incendium gloria culpum, etc., etc. Memo bis punitor delicatum. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the show?